Hello everyone, Callie Hannah here with a quick disclaimer from the future, 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 future. <laughs> the episode you are about to hear was recorded prior to my public coming out as a transgender woman. As such, you will hear myself and others refer to me by my dead name and he, him pronouns, and that is not how I want to be referred to now. I, well, I go by Callie and I use she, her pronouns. Uh, the rest of the episode has been left as is for the purposes of historical preservation, but uh, just know that it is not accurate to my current uh, gender identity. Thank you, and enjoy the show. The hipster and the nerd. Yes, hipster and the nerd. The nerd. One went to the genius. The other is quite absurd. Exactly which is which. Off the fence is which. Yes, good sir. The hipster and the nerd. 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 Hipster and the nerd. Created by Steven Spielberg? No. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Hipster and the Nerd, the podcast where we discuss. Movies, TV shows, comics, video games, and, and all, musicals, and, and musicals as well, and all manner of geek and pop culture to to see what we can make of it. I am Chris Hanna. With me, of course, is my co-host Brian Brecker. How are you doing today, Brian? Oh, I'm doing great. So uh, the aliens finally decided what to do with me, and they put me on a rocket ship because they <laughs> thought the name rocket ship roulette would make more sense if I was on a rocket ship. Okay, and then, then they shot me into space. So now that's where I am. Space. I'm on my way to Alpha Centauri. You have, you yeah. have food up there, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, right. the food is mostly made out of uh, recycled star material. It's very huh. dusty. Um, but anyways, as Brian alluded to um, just a moment ago, we are, of course, discussing two very excellent musicals. We are discussing Steven Universe, the movie, a movie musical. And we are also discussing... The producers! <laughs> No, we're not. We are not discussing the producers. Maybe, maybe we'll do. Uh, we might do Mel Brooks movies eventually, um, and then we'll talk about the yes. producers. <laughs> well, we are discussing Steven Universe the movie, and we are also discussing Hamilton, the other musical. But before we begin, because of the uh, the nature of these two, I have prepared a little special musical thing uh, of of my own that I that I that I think you all are going to enjoy. You get to hear my singing voice now in full force. Also, how does a half-gem hybrid, son of a star and a diamond, dropped in the middle of a forgotten war across the galaxy with dictators that corrupted and shattered, grow up to be a hero of what matters, the shield-wielding, loving brother without a mother, got a lot garnered by working that much harder and being a lot smarter to access his true power by 14. He would guide the crystal gems through darkest hours And every day while homeworld tossed so-called defectives away Across space he struggled and kept his shield up Inside he was longing for destiny to reveal it A purpose and identity that explained his existence Then Malachite came and toxicity reigned A man swore that Lapis wouldn't sacrifice in vain 
put his tongue to the corruptions and hoped he could heal their pain as the world heard his refrain that the galaxy would be saved while the word got around they said he's rose towards his son man redeemed loyalist parents out by showing her her fun man drill to stop the cluster don't forget from whence you came and the galaxy will know your name what's your name kid steven ford's universe my name is Stephen Quartz Universe. I hope that I don't make things any worse. Now just you wait, just you wait. When he was young, he couldn't view, seemed to lose, but knew that someday he would forge a bond that grew beyond just friendship with her. He would show them just how capable he was as a defender, a warrior, and an experience. Grew up with a lion, a lion committed to his side, left him with questions about what his mother left behind a tape saying, Stephen, I'm gonna be half of you. He started reading and training to figure out what to do. There would have been nothing left to say that he was an as brave earth would have been dead and ripped to shreds that bubbled up the cluster started healing helping office and parents are get along training to stop diamonds while still working in a good song scanning for every corrupted gem he could bubble planning for the day when he could rid them of their troubles as he stands on pink slate Enact his new plan on Homeworld Hill Convince White Diamond. 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 On Homeworld, Homeworld, just do it! Stephen Quartz Universe! Stephen Quartz, you will be the start of Era 3. You never back down, you always see the good inside. Oh, Stephen Ford's universe. Stephen Ford's when universe. When the galaxy sings for you, will they know when you roll her chain? Will they know you make a change? The world will never be the same. Just you wait. Just you wait. With him. Me, I learned from him. Me, I trusted him. Me, I loved him. And me, I'm the damn fool that fought him. There's a million gems I haven't saved. But just you wait. What's your name, kid? Stephen Quartz Universe. I hope you all enjoyed that. I did. <laughs> I enjoyed it a lot. Yes. Oh, should we tell the story about um, what what happened to us on the, the day this movie came out? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So let's talk about how we attempted and failed to watch this movie the night that it came out. Yeah, okay. What do you remember about that, Chris? I remember very vivid details. Okay, so I had gotten a YouTube TV free trial because we were both... Uh, in college, we went to the same same school, Washington College. Uh, so I, I, and I did not have access to cable at the time. So uh, I got a YouTube TV free trial so I could like watch it live. And I was texting Brian and was like, you know, get up to my room. The movie starting because it was it, it premiered at like 6 p.m. Yes. And what, what I did not know until Brian alerted me was that Brian had a class at that time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I was like, OK, well, the movie ended. I was like, okay, I'll leave it paused because YouTube TV lets you do that and just 
rewind it to the beginning and just, you know, wait for you to get back. Thinking you'd be back within, like, I think at the time, you, I think when we you first said it, it was, like, half an hour at most. <laughs> that was not what happened. <laughs> As everybody who knows me know, I am always fashionably late <laughs> to everything. But in this case, fashionably late meant three fucking hours. <laughs> They they show up to my to my room. It's it it's like 10 p.m. and we discover that the YouTube TV uh, playback only went up to like the last 20 minutes for some reason. It was like, well, that is not going to work at all. So then we searched for like pirated versions mm-hmm. just to be able to watch it to no avail because this had literally just came out. So you know nobody had done it yet. And then we met up with our friend with our mutual friend Austin. Yeah, because he had wanted to watch it. And then when Austin joined us, you were like, hey, he hasn't seen the last episodes. So in the intervening time, we just watched the entire last arc. Like, yeah, we did. all of the Diamond Day stuff. And mm-hmm. then it finally it was it was midnight finally. So then I just I spent fifteen dollars on a digital copy of Steven Universe, the movie on YouTube. Didn't, movie. didn't we like split it? Yeah, we split it. Yeah, because yeah. I yeah. Subscribe to our Patreon. <laughs> we don't have a Patreon. Should we get a Patreon? We should... Subscribe to our Patreon. But w- that w- currently doesn't exist. If you do but a $10 pledge, we will personally <laughs> show up at your house with chainsaws. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> it's a good thing we don't actually have a Patreon. Because... Anyways, Chris. Anyways, back to... Anyway, so I spent $15 on a digital copy of Steven Universe the Movie on YouTube Movies, and then we proceeded to stay up till about 2 a.m. watching the movie. <laughs> and that's, like, really late for you, but not that late for me. Yeah. Because I'm the resident insomniac. <laughs> Anyways, Chris. So anyways, now that we've told that story. So this is very quickly, and uh, uh, those who watched, those who listened to our top five Steven Universe episodes knows that this is like my, fa- Steven Universe is like my favorite show ever. And by extension, this movie quickly became, has quickly become one of my favorite movies of all time. And I, I love it to death. And there are just so many things I can talk about that I love. You killed it, Chris. <laughs> you you killed... loved it to death. You loved it. It's no. dead now. Oh, no. <laughs> I murdered the movie. You murdered the movie I with murdered your love. The, I murdered the celluloid. <laughs> it's like it's like Lenny from of Mice and Men with the rabbit. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, man! I did not expect an of Mice and Men reference in this episode. But anyways, so Steven Universe is one of my favorite animated shows. My favorite television show overall would probably be a, a little show you might have heard of called <laughs> Babylon 5. No, but I, I guarantee you, like, almost none of our listeners know what that is. But I, despite having never seen it, am all too familiar with what Babylon 5 is. <laughs> it's only the greatest television show ever created. Let's talk about the actual thing we're talking about. So, Steven Universe, the movie. So I, so this movie opens on this beautiful like stage theater because it opens like literally the curtain like rises on the movie, and elegant like trumpets and string sounds and they're just like old school Disney aesthetic. It reminded me more of the opening of Temple of Doom. <laughs> you know where why? uh Billy Scott Doom? goes on and like sings and then she goes into the back which is weird cuz nobody would actually be able to see her there and then she tap dances. Really? So the um so the sequence wherein the a curtain rises and we hear the diamonds uh singing elegantly over uh background art while the opening credits roll reminded you of Temple of Doom. Yes. <laughs> and not old school Disney films. 
Like it's clearly trying to evoke. I was raised evoke. on Temple of Doom, not. But Disney we've watched movies. old school Disney movies now, and you can you can see the influence. It, there's a lot of like cool animation history tidbit, like the old school Disney animated. So then, continuing the Disney homage, there is a there is a literal storybook after the after the opening number, the tale of Stephen, which is beautifully sung by the. Uh, three diamond voice actors, Christine Ebersole, Lisa Hannigan, Patty Dupont, all of which are like trained Broadway singers. You can tell because they're mm, mwah, mwah, thing of beauty. They're very good. I like how they harmonize with each other. They're very good. The harmonies in the diamond songs are so fucking good. And they're like so complex. You have to like go through and like decipher them to, to, to like all these individual harmonies. It's, it's fantastic. And uh, then they go on to explain everything that's happened so far because it's really confusing for anybody that hasn't seen Steven Universe yet. Yeah. So, like, it is remarkable because I watched this with my mom one time and she's never seen any of the show and she really liked it and was able to follow it, which I think says a lot of... This movie is surprisingly newcomer friendly. Which yes. you wouldn't think it would be given that this is a very continuity dense show and we're also maybe because they're establishing a new status quo so we'll get into this so after the storybook recap we are more directly informed of the two-year time skip that happens between the end of change your mind and the start of this with the dramatic reveal of steven universe age 16 with the little graphic and everything i love that steven universe has a deeper voice now which always weirds me out. They let Zach Callison actually use his natural voice. No, here's the thing. It's weird. I've gotten so used to um, more, like, deep deep Steven, like, movie slash future Steven, that, like, when I went back to watch the the original, it, was act- it actually did take some adjustment period. <laughs> yeah, I had the same reaction, but then once I rewatched a lot of the Steven Universe episodes for that last episode... Yeah. Um... I had the same thing where now I had to adjust to deep voice Steven again. Yeah. So apparently in the two years between Change Your Mind and this, Steven has been basically working with the diamonds in space to dismantle the empire and establish democracy and, you know, make the make the galaxy, you know, not shit. Make the galaxy great again. Oh, no, I was I was trying to avoid that phrasing. I was actually trying to avoid that phrasing, but you brought it up. But you brought it up anyway. But like trying to, you know, establishing democracy and peaceful relations. But my favorite thing about the storybook introduction is that it's done by White Diamond, and White Diamond is very obviously manipulating the story to make them sound better. Like she's like, "Oh, and then we found each other, and everything was happy." It's like, "Bitch, that's not what happened." Well, they they also I was there. I was there. Well, because the diamonds are kind of... The diamonds are also, and it's a recurring theme with the diamonds in this movie, is that they are clearly trying to repent, but, you know, there's... A lot of their behavior is hardwired, so it comes off as very performative. Judging anything based (laughs) on appearance is wrong. Oh, we'll get to that line, but I I love that line. Um, So, and we see, like, different... So he addresses... uh, He addresses the entire universe. It's his message to the universe. And he's all like, you know, look, I, I've loved dismantling the Empire and saving all your planets, but now I just want to go home, you know, spend yeah. some time with my with my family. I don't need to be a diamond. I don't need to be and on the Then the diamonds were like, all. but you can't go. Please. And then he's like, well, bye. It's, it's so fo- I love Let Us Adore You because um, it cements the diamonds as because not only do we have the great harmonies once again, because there's so many things I love about just this one song because A, the great diamond harmonies. B, if you follow Yellow Diamond's facial expressions throughout this song, she's incredibly menacing. <laughs> like, at one point, she just raises her fist in, like, <laughs> triumphant conqueriness, and it's great. 
So, so in this, this establishes the new status quo of the diamonds as needy grandmas. And they're all like, but Steven, you can't go. We've done all this cool stuff. Like, you know, like, I dismantled my armies. You know, I never shatter anyone. And White Diamond's all like, I've been saying please and thank you even to lower life forms. What did we talk about? <laughs> Equal life forms. <laughs> so Connie and Steven talk to each other because Steven goes back to Earth and Connie's going to space camp, which is objectively the coolest camp you could go to. Um, and then Steven's like, but didn't you already go to space? And Connie's like, yeah, but I want to go to space camp. Well, no, because he's like, you know, you've been to space multiple times and you've done, you've done way cooler stuff than just camp there. And Connie's just like, my, par- <laughs> my parents have been genuinely trying to help me express my interests. That's sweet. So uh, there's a song, Here We Are in the Future. Yeah, Happily Ever After, which is such... <sighs> this is one of my favorites, Human Universe. Okay, so this is a, a opinion I have about the movie in general. I think... This soundtrack is the peak of Steven Universe music. Agree. However, I find Here We Are in the Future just a little too peppy for my taste. Um, you know, I like downbeat. I'm into I'm into post-punk and depressing things. <laughs> well, you know, that's the thing about this soundtrack. It's got it's got something for everybody, don't you know? That's true. And I, I'd like to point out that this song is so good. They made it the new intro when they did Future. <laughs> So Steven comes by and uh, sees that Greg and yeah. uh, Pearl are learning to play music. And Greg, of course, is like, hey, stupid. <laughs> and then Pearl's like, I'm learning to play the bass. <laughs> I keep telling her it's bass. <laughs> it's spelled me. bass. B-A-S-S spelled bass. Bass. I love that little Pearl moment. It's great. So this song is basically, again, the, the first 10 minutes of this is basically catch up for people who a haven't seen the show yet and if this is their like jumping on point and b to help like establish the new status quo because of the the two-year time skip so we sort of recap all of their series arcs so stevens is all about moving out of his mother's shadow because once upon a time he thought he'd always be in his mother's shadow i'm gonna be singing a lot in this episode and you know sort of confirming that he is himself and pearl's arc is about moving on from her relationship with rose you know once upon a time i only lived to be of pink diamond service and then you know she becomes her own person and after love and loss and all the tears that she cried i think what we're forgetting here is that there's a scene where steven enters lion's mane and leaves lars's head (laughs) and lars is in this movie (laughs) and that means that he is now the best character in the movie by virtue of being lars the one character the character with exactly one line and he's not even on screen when he says that line (laughs) yes um he's still the greatest and i love him and he is my boy when steven has entered lion's mane you know there's been the little island including uh prominently a chest and that chest throughout the original series had never been opened they drew attention to the idea of hey what's in this thing like a couple of times but it never really came up and then in lion's mane the chest has been opened and they never tell us what in this movie or in the entirety of Steven Universe future, what was in that goddamn chest. And I'm still upset about that. And also the thing is in the behind the scenes, if you bought the DVD like I did for the movie, there's uh, there's an animatic of this song that has commentary. And when this scene comes up, Grimmers are like, well, I know what's in the chest. But, you know, I, I can't tell you right now. That's something you're going to have to find out. I mean... Maybe it's just, like, one of those planned story arcs that didn't go anywhere. That is possible, actually. It could be one of those things where when they recorded... Th- it's possible that when they recorded that, the the they were still planning to reveal it, and it had to get cut. because. And we'll talk about this when we get to Future, but apparently a lot of stuff had to get cut from Future 
But anyways, so so after that, we get Garnet's little arc summary about how, you know, falling in love and gaining purpose. And I like the bits of Stronger Than You they play during Garnet's verse. It's very, very clever. Um, yes. Like that. And then, so we meet up with Amethyst uh, during the construction of Little Homeworld, which is probably the biggest status quo change. Um, what is Little Homeworld? So Little Homeworld is, so if you remember at the end of Change Your Mind, the end of the original series, all of the corrupted gems got healed. And so I guess at some point they were like, and the thought was, I guess, well, they kind of need a place to live. They can't just all live in the town. The town isn't big enough to fit all of them. So they mm -hmm. built this entire like sub neighborhood called, uh, called Little Homeworld for all the gems to live in. So, so this is where Steven meets up with Amethyst and we get, uh, first of all, I like her shape-shifting into, into Steven and being like, look at me, I'm a young adult. <laughs> <laughs> that's I, lo I love that line we get amethyst little recap arc recap where which is about sort of learning the ways of the world because you know she came out of the kindergarten all alone and you know sort of becoming you know but now she knows exactly who she's supposed to be i have a and hot a take and that's family. that i only sort of like these introductory songs <laughs> <laughs> like mm. i find i find them to be kind of repetitive given that i already know all this information the difference is I've watched this show multiple times. I very much know the the uh, the information. I still love the hell out of this fucking song. So I think that's I think that's a personal problem on your end. Um, okay, so we'll get to the part where, of course, Minnie Mouse uh, shows up. Well, uh, yeah. So so they so they meet up. Minnie on Mouse a, nightmare. So after yeah. So basically, after everyone after everyone comes together and they're all like, "Yay, we did it!" and they end up on a hill and they're like, "Man." I hope, I hope nothing ever, and Steven's like, I want everything to stay exactly like this and never change. You shouldn't say things like that, Steven. Because then the, then the end of the world happens. Fleischer Studios-esque pink uh, gem comes down, who is obviously very upset at Pink Diamond, although <laughs> she, I think she knows that Steven Universe isn't Pink Diamond. Yeah, she does know that Steven Universe isn't Pink Diamond. Spinel is very unique as an antagonist in that, she is like the only gem antagonist that immediately recognizes that Steven is Steven. Mm -hmm. Like, because basically everyone else is like, you're Rose Quartz, you know, and you're, you're, or you're a pink diamond. Like, no, she knows, she, she knows he's Steven. She still wants to kill. Um, and so they start drilling into the mountain and she is this uh, crazy song, of course. Other friends. I fucking love other friends. This is one of honestly, other friends is quite honestly, one of my favorite villain songs ever like in anything like i love other friends so fucking much it's so good i love the electro swing jazz uh, i love other friends and i love the animation in this scene because so spinel's big thing is that she stretches she has stretchy powers and they really go all out with that particularly in this scene because the way she's just like swing onto like hanging on the injector and bouncing people around and she like she, she at one point does like a Spider-Man swing onto the top of the layout. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, so I think what you're forgetting, of course, is that she injects the entire Earth with Pepto-Bismol. With Pepto-Bismol. <laughs> so she beats up the Crystal Gems and uh, cuts Pearl, Garnet, and Amethyst in half. And I, I, I wrote in my notes here, uh, Spinel taking out all three main Crystal Gems in one size swing before we even know her name. Because I'd like to point out, at this point, when this movie first came out, we did not know who this was. Even though we had seen her in trailers, they never named her. 
and they explicitly kept the name out of the marketing at all times. Like, so unless you, it was leaked, but unless you were like, unless you were following leaks, you had no idea who this gem was. And she just swoops in and takes out the entire team at once. God fucking damn. So Steven takes the scythe um, and he ends up like he cuts her in half and that causes her to poof. He got hurt also. Yeah, he got hit by, he got hit a couple of times. He doesn't think it at first affected anything because he was like, he's like, ha, that was nothing. And Spinel's just like, you know, then I guess you won't mind if I do it again. <laughs> now he's like, my powers aren't working. I can't, I can't bubble this gem. What the hell's going on? So he takes them all back to the beach house and Greg shows up. I love this line. The line is, um, I don't know what's going on. And then Greg is like, well, that's basically how I exist yeah, well, every day. Well, well, son, now you know how I feel almost all the time. I love that line too, but my but the other line I love is when he first enters and he's like, holy shit, she got everybody. So they reform first off and everybody uh, is going back to their factory reset. Yeah. You know? Uh, okay, so I'd like to point out that, so then we get what might be the most underrated song in the movie. I, I, I feel like a lot of people don't give this song enough credit. I think it's kind of a bop, personally. And I'd like to point out, then my favorite thing is that the actual name of this song, I, I shit you not, and I, I, I am not kidding, system slash boot dot pearl final parentheses three and parentheses dot info something is clearly, clearly wrong, wrong. <laughs> and she gives the, like the and, she, and i love how because amethyst is like mimicking her and she gives yeah. the derp i also because amethyst uh, got reformed and of course amethyst is smaller than the other uh amethyst pearl is like yo this isn't a good example of an amethyst because except an amethyst is big and strong and strong I also like how when Ruby and Sapphire fo- re- reform, Ruby's like, my Sapphire, as my sworn duty and sole purpose, I will protect you with my life. I know you will. That's why I predict you won't last more than a day. <laughs> so Spinel reforms and attaches herself to Steven, and the drill is still injecting Pepto-Bismol into the earth. But now Spinel's like, you know, I'm so excited to meet you. Why would I be mad at my best friend? <laughs> <laughs> And Steven goes out to try and find, uh, you know, Lapis and Peridot and Bismuth because they're the ones that haven't been destroyed yet. Peridot has a great line where she says, I could have lost all my character development. So they so they see the injector and I like how... So re- I love Reset Spinel's childlike giddy response to literally everything. It's very good. And I like how when she sees the injector, she's just like, wowee. That thing sure is big. You want to climb it or something? (laughs) And then we get, uh, here we are in the future, and it's it's wrong. wrong. Yeah, so he meets up. So, yeah, so Steven meets back up with Lapis Peridot and Bismuth. And and we are informed that the scythe is a rejuvenator, which is a thing that Homeworld Gems used for, like, for rebellious gems to reset them to factory defaults, which is what happened... To, which is, of course, what happened to both the Crystal Gems and Spinel. And it also happened to Steven. Because even though he still has his memories and he didn't poof, he doesn't have his powers anymore. And they're mm-hmm. all... And, and, and yeah, that is the, where we get the, the fantastic Paradox line. Oh, my stars, I touched it! I could have lost all my character developments. <laughs> so one of my things, and this might be just like a minor issue, because I do love this movie, uh, is that I find Steven's arc a little simple in this. Hmm. I, I I disagree. It's very obvious where he's like, oh, 
here we are in the future and it's great and it's like oh here we are in the future and it's wrong and it's like oh you need to learn how to change well i mean okay i feel like just because an arc is obvious doesn't make it bad just because it just seems a little simple to well me. it's not that it's it's not that it's obvious it's that it's extremely simple i think okay yeah but you, you'd be surprised how many people don't know the importance of change <laughs> i mean yeah that's true but my point is is that Stephen has been for the last couple months where he's been trying to de-authoritize everything and he hasn't <laughs> thought about the importance of personal change in the last two years. I think it's more that he feels like, okay, I've gone through so much shit. I'm done. I'm ready. We're, we're done now. We can be done now, right? And right, nope. and then this happens and it's like, oh shit. God damn it. I just wanted a fucking vacation. <laughs> yeah. I think Spinell has a better arc in this movie than Steven does. I mean, Spinell's arc is definitely more complex. Um, and I would probably mostly agree with you. Although, I mean, I think that is a little subjective. And also, I think they both feed into the movie's main theme of change versus stagnation. But And we'll get into that as we go on. But yes, let's talk about who we are because I fucking love this song. <laughs> who we are? I forget that song. <laughs> Yeah, but so. who we are, they finally let Bismuth sing, and it's amazing. <laughs> oh, yeah, this song. Yeah, this yeah. song's okay. Yeah, I'd love to. Okay. Yeah, okay. It's, okay. <laughs> it's decent. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I love the, because first of all, this is, a, this kind of establishes Bismuth, Lapis, and Peridot as like a trio, which I, I like that dynamic a lot, and I kind of wish they did more with it. Yes. This is sort of Steven getting back on the horse. Like, yeah, yeah, this is kind of a shitty situation, but we're going to get through this because, you know, you know, we'll find a way to save the day. That's who we are. So they try and help uh, the gems by giving them the experiences that they had before. Yeah, so the idea is that, like, so Spinell brings up the idea of it being like a puzzle, and that sort of gives Steven the idea of, okay, so all the experiences they've lost are like pieces, so we just need to find them all and put them back together. Yeah. So they end the song and they do this little hero pose and then Spinell fucking comes out and it's like, here we are in the future. Yeah! Here we are in the future and it's wrong. And I'm still disappointed that her end tag is not on the soundtrack version of who we are because <laughs> that's it's so good. <laughs> so they try and put Ruby and Sapphire in danger with an automatic giant pizza cutter. A giant cutter. pizza cutter? That is one Which is one functions. of its functions. Yes. And this doesn't exactly go to plan. Um, the giant pizza cutter ends up uh, destroying some of the scaffolding. And uh, there's a great line where Bismuth is like, my precious scaffolding. <laughs> I also like how, so before the sequence starts, Sapphire does say, the hijinks will ensue. So the bit of score that plays during the sequence on the soundtrack is actually named hijinks will ensue. <laughs> So Steven couldn't cut his best friend in half uh, because he, he was like going up to Ruby with the giant pizza cutter. And then Sapphire's like, I predict he will not do that. I, I suspect he won't be able to follow through. So the scaffolding falls around Ruby and Ruby is impressed by her predictee skills, you know, yeah. her prediction skills. And Sapphire is the one that ends up saving Ruby. Yeah, which I like as a little... Because, you it's know, an inversion. Yeah, it's an inversion. It's like poetry. It rhymes. Subverted my expectations. <laughs> so then, uh, so then, isn't it love happens? And uh, isn't it love is great? Yeah, isn't it love? Isn't it love is very good? It's isn't it love is one of those songs where I like listen to it. And I'm like, yeah, it's good. But a, I think I like the other Garnet songs better. Like, because when I think of Garnet's other 
numbers throughout the series, like stronger than you, here comes a thought, or even in this movie later with True Kind of Love, I'm like, I feel like Isn't It Love might be the weakest one. I gotta disagree with you. Isn't It Love is so much better than True, True Kind of Love. Oh, hmm. hmm. I don't because True Kind of Love goes on way too long. I just, I, I, I like, I, I, I like the. And it's also a song that I feel like would have more meaning to me if I had ever actually been in a relationship. <laughs> well, maybe. Well, True Kind of Love is also about being in a relationship. Yeah, but True Kind of Love feels like it can be applied to more general. Like, it it, it it feels like it could be more than just romantic love. Whereas Isn't It Love is very much about romantic love, specifically. Yeah, I, I do like the aesthetics during Isn't It Love a lot. Yes. Like, with the... Uh, the ruby and sapphire colored garnets and stuff like that's that's really cool um but of course fusion was not you know that was fusion's only the first piece so she still doesn't have all her memories back and she's cotton candy garnet from the answer yeah which is very nice to see again um so fry and onion show up briefly which i wish they would have been in more because i still want to know onion's backstory so greg so so greg comes back in the van and pearl like literally rolls out the red carpet for him so i so we so Pearl has bonded herself to Greg because when Pearl reformed, they had this little like little clamshell that sort of de- would designate who like you know who the master is, and in this yeah. case it was Greg. So Pearl kind of bonded to Greg, which is is really freaking funny. <laughs> so what happens next is Stephen sings with Amethyst, and yeah. they do the pew pew secret handshake, and then Amethyst gets restored. So, so there's a little montage of Steven with Spinel searching to find Amethyst. And I also like how, like, right before they go off to do that, we get the first hint of Spinel's major abandonment issues. Because you stay with the others and I'll be right back. No! no. <laughs> and even, like, her eyelashes go back down to, like, the bottom of her eye. Whereas in her reset form, they're at the top of her eye. You know, when she, mm-hmm. when she does the notes. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of great details in this movie that I appreciate. And then we get another great song, no matter what, the Stephen and Amethyst duet. And I think this one's okay. That's I good. really, I really like this song because just because I really like Stephen and Amethyst's friendship, it's I think it's one of the strongest dynamics of the Stamethyst? show. Well, don't say it like that. They're they're friends. They're siblings. They're like brother sister. Come on, jazzy slash tap dance slash kind of chip tune, sort of. Aesthetic what to is the chip tune? Like, like, you know, sort of like, you know, like chip tune. Think like 8 and 16 bit. Oh, yeah. okay. I get, what, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, the, the tap dancing sequences are great. And there's like a lot of like fun little callbacks. Like there's that bit where they play ski ball, but then they go to the top of the ski ball and just throw, start throwing the balls in. And yeah. they go on the train from On the Run and we get the, Ronaldo's only scene in the movie. <laughs> Too bad. He doesn't we talk. We needed more Ronaldo. He doesn't say any lines, but it's actually it's it's one of it's one of the funniest bits he's ever had. Where like he sees Amethyst, Amethyst shapes into him, and he frantically pulls out his phone to try and get try and get a picture. But by the time he unlocks his phone, they've already walked away. <laughs> That's hilarious. Which is very good. And they get on the train from on the run, and they go back to the kindergarten, and they have all this sort of bonding. Oh, and you, you're uh, after this scene, of course, they go back to um, Peridot. Yeah. And Peridot's working the machine, and she finds out that they're planning on destroying all life on Earth with the injector. Amethyst is very much taken aback by the presence of Spinel now, but Spinel still thinks it's like a game. Where's the. It's like, get away from him, you monster. Monster? Where is it? I don't see it. You're mm-hmm. it. Oh, I get it. Tag, you're it. 
one of my favorite parts of um this uh scene after they uh find out that they're going to destroy all planet all the life on the planet earth is uh steven attempts to lift the drill <laughs> himself yeah and nobody helps him he's just like trying to lift himself and then spinel's like use your knees <laughs> no, he says, he's like yeah lift with your legs <laughs> lift with your legs what is very okay but so so steven and amethyst uh meet back up with paradox and i like how paradox like you know let's go turn away amethyst i can't stand to see you see you there all vacant and bereft of personality yo i'm back <laughs> you dip <laughs> like and then Paradox is like, you're just in time for the end of the world. And I'm like, man, is that is that is 2020 in a nutshell. <laughs> so oh yeah, so apparently so they're on a ticking clock now because they apparently only yeah. have 41 hours until the injector kills all organic life. Flash, I love you, but we only have 14 <laughs> hours to save the earth. Yeah, but they can't they can't Flash move Gordon. the thing because uh trying to because because yeah, as you mentioned. Steven tries to lift it himself, and then he's all like, you know, Lapis, couldn't you do it? Or Paradox, use your metal powers. Like, you, you think we didn't try that? Because disturbing the injector accelerates the poison rate of, rate of release. Also, yeah. it might explode. Like so. <laughs> so they go back to Mr. Universe, and Mr. Universe is planning, like, a rock concert. The ro- Showcasing a promising ensemble in the rockin' roll genre. <laughs> And uh, one of the one of the acts that's going to be on there is of course Sadie and the Killers, which is no, great. I think it's just Sadie Killer. Is it just Sadie Killer? Well, it's a Sadie Killer concert initially. Like, I thought the name was Sadie and the Killers. No, it's Sadie Killer and the Suspects. Oh, you're right. Yeah. You're right. So it's Sadie Killer and the Suspects, <laughs> and they go over and they're like, "Hey, we need to get Pearl to go back into regular Pearl," and they decide to like bring out her inner rebel by yeah. uh, taking her to a punk rock show. <laughs> Once the punk rock actually starts, I love how Sadie and the Killers songs. Um, you can easily interpret this as written by Sadie about how much of a dick Lars is. And you can see Lars in the audience just rocking out as if he doesn't get that a lot of the lyrics apply to him. I also like how, so when they get to the rock show, Sadie's like, who's here for the show? Who's here because it's the end of the world? And then Lars has his only line where he's like, wait, what? Yeah. It's very good. And then we get uh, another great song, Disobedient, which is by far the best Sadie Killer song ever. <laughs> it reminds me a bit of like Joan Jett and the Blackhearts. Yeah, which is ironic because Joan Jett actually guest starred in in, in one episode. Um, oh, really? Yeah, it, it's the in the episode where Stephen films, like St- Stephen films like the documentary about Sadie Killer and they do the concert at Empire City. Greg's old manager friend is voiced by Joan Jett. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Fun little bit of trivia there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so so the disobedient song comes on and it's clearly about you you say, you know, Lars Lars being a dick, but for for me it strikes more as the uh more as Sadie venting her frustrations against the unseen boss of the big donut because they we never actually see who their boss is. <laughs> I think the it's just like a chain. Yeah, I think. it's a chain, but like who's the manager of the chain? Like, Nobody someone's got to be writing their paychecks. <laughs> it's a mystery, Chris. Yeah, they never... The Big Donut just appeared one day <laughs> out of nowhere. The Big Donut just manifested out of thin air. <laughs> yeah. It was created That's by a... Rose's room. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the song ends, and Amethyst shapeshifts into Rose to try and jog Pearl's memory. It doesn't work. 
So they just decide to trigger her her abandonment issues. Yeah, as long as you exist, I I will serve you. As long as you exist. And that's the final piece, you know, because Rose disappeared. And so then we get... Seems a little mean, but I guess they have to do it. They don't really have a choice in the matter. Like, the world's literally about to end. Like, so let's talk about Steg. <laughs> okay, so Steg looks like a JoJo character yeah. from JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Um, so he is sort of like an amalgamation of Elvis Presley, Kurt Russell, and David Bowie. He has a deliberate, like, sort of machismo to him like he's very like he's got he's got hawaiian rolls for abs like he does abs and like this huge torso and big beefy arms and like this long luxurious hair i like how when you mix steven and greg (laughs) you finally get someone with a fashion sense (laughs) when you mix when you mix steven and greg you get johnny bravo And then we get Independent Together, which is so... I love this. This is another one of my favorites. And there's, like, some really great surrealist imagery when Pearl finally comes back and they're all, like, floating her in the sky and stuff. And we get Opal for Opal! Opal's in the movie! Let's fucking... Who is Opal? Opal. Pearl and Amethyst. Oh, yeah, yeah, Yeah. Opal. Opal is in the movie. Hashtag Opal for Opal. And she has more lines in this one song than she does in the entire series. (laughs) Just wait for me to edit that part out so I make myself look smarter. <laughs> opal. I'm going to keep this in. Opal for Opal. Who's Opal? <laughs> What's a Steven universe? <laughs> What's a Steven? <laughs> yeah, so Opal shows up and they have a duet and there's a, they're floating around in the sky and Garnet's flying around. Because apparently yes. Sega's the power to make people float. Um, <laughs> yes, it, yes, they do. Yeah. Yeah. So, and it's, and it's great, but Spinel's all like, you guys abandoned me. Oh no, I'm having bad flashbacks. And she runs away. So Steven runs after Spinel and we have easily the best scene and the best song in the movie. And I will fight anyone who disagrees with me. It's one of the best, but uh, it's not the best. It's my, my, my number one comes a little bit later. Um, it gives me tears. Okay, yes. And this is definitely one of the best. We get Spinell's full backstory where, you know, they would always, again, Pink and Spinell were like the best of friends, but Pink wanted a colony. And, right. And, oh, the line, okay, so the song itself always makes me cry, but the, the big heartbreak moment actually comes to me a little earlier, right before the song starts, where when like you know they first give her the colony and spinel's like oh i was so excited a brand new place to play it's like oh no no spinel so spinel you you see poor baby um, oh spinel spinel your heart is a glass and (laughs) it's about to shatter but you don't know it yet yeah (laughs) that's that's why it hurts so much the song is absolutely devastating it's about how um, Spinell's been waiting for like thousands of 6, years. 6,000 years. 6,000 years for this alone. woman who will never come back and doesn't actually care about her because fuck Rose Quartz apparently. Fuck Pink Diamond. <laughs> yeah. Pink Diamond's She's a bitch. apparently the worst person <laughs> in this series. <laughs> she did some good things. Uh, 
Okay, I'd lo- Pink Diamond is a morally complex character. She did some no, good things. No, fuck Pink Diamond. She did some bad things. But this scene makes me go full on, fuck Pink Diamond. Fuck Pink Diamond. Fuck Pink Diamond, you abandoned Spinel, you fucking bitch. Oh. At least Jasper knows she's evil. That's true. <laughs> You're not wrong. It would have been so easy for her to just bring Spinel along. Yeah, but, I th- okay, because... And the problem is that she I, she does not fully realize that Spinel has feelings of her own. Like, she views Spinel as just, like, a toy. And she and and her abandoning Spinel is kind of her way of being like, I've I've grown up. I am putting away these childish trappings so I can I'll I'm gonna run my own colony and show the diamonds who's boss. That's a human person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well not human, but well, you get what I'm that's saying. That's a sentient creature. It's yeah. like it's sort of like a more it's kind of like the the kids in Toy Story. Well, it's it's kind of like how Sid in Toy Story is like not actually a bad person if you look at the real world. Sid in Toy Story is only a villain because we know the toys are sentient. He doesn't. So it's kind of like that, except she had to have known that Spinel was to some degree sentient, which is why she tricked her. <laughs> I, I gotta disagree. It's like in Toy Story 3. If Andy knew that his toys were alive and then abandoned them anyway. <laughs> okay, to be f- okay. I will get, hey, give credit to Andy. He at least gave them, even if he did know they were alive, at least he would, he had the good decency to give them a, a new home and a good home and a good owner. And that's, that is more of an apt comparison, actually. But like, yeah. Yeah. And also, oh my God, the line that never fails to just let me to tears, like, happily wondering night after night, is this how it works? Am I doing it right? Like, because she's really still, sad. like, in denial. Like, am I doing, am I playing the game right? Like, is that why she hasn't come back? Is the, is it because I've been playing the game wrong? And, oh, oh, poor so, baby. Um, so there's and... a thing called abandonment issues. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, the, the line that really gets to me is happily watching her drift away. Yeah, that, obviously that's the big one. Um, um, and that's just because, you know, yeah. not only is it the end of the melody, which of course means that it's going to have more emotional weight, but also, um, happily watching her drift away, it really succinctly describes how a lot of people feel when they are friendly with somebody who really aren't friends with them. And maybe they used to be friends and the friendship is like slowly petering out or, um, Say if you're a kid and you yeah. had a best friend and the best friend just leaves, you know, or yeah. it's it, it hits right in the emotional core yeah. and then it snaps off the blade. And it's like, well, look at you now. And viewer. then, you know, aren't you sad? And then, you know, we, we finally catch up with her. Like, finally, something finally news about how the story ends. And yeah. And Steve- I, my question is, who sent that broadcast? No, that's Steven's message to the universe. Although, it does make me question, so was the Garden Broadcasting Tower just never used between the, in the 6,000 years between Pink Diamond leaving for Earth and Steven's message to the universe? I mean, I'm guessing not. (laughs) I mean, yeah. Because what would be the point of, uh, like, sending a message to an unoccupied garden? Okay, yeah, but that's true, but when they're... 
Uh, would there not be other all colony broadcasts though? Maybe that would also <laughs> go to the guard. <laughs> so yeah, but um, uh, yeah, but that's a it, it doesn't matter. So anyways, yeah. So yeah. So, so and Stephen. Not I only like... that, but Rose. Not only that, but Rose kind of mm-hmm. manipulates her also. Yeah, because she. Yeah, she tricks her. Like she thinks. Yeah. She makes her think it's a game when it's not. Like. Right. Yeah. So fuck Rose. Fuck fuck Fink Diamond. Well, more specifically, fuck Fink Diamond. <laughs> like. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Um. By the way, my my favorite line is after this song. Uh. Stephen's like, I can't believe it, and then he's can't there's bl- a beat, I can't and then Mom he's like, Actually, I can totally. Actually, believe I can it. totally believe it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because the whole story is Stephen slowly learning that his mom's kind of a screwed up character. Yeah. <laughs> the the alternate title for this this is uh my mom royally fucked everyone over the movie. <laughs> yeah. So what happens next? Okay. So then. We get uh, a little underrated uh, song because, you know, Stephen's like, you know, you deserve a better friend to, to Spinell because and we get kind of an underrated, very like pretty and poignant song at the found between Stephen and Spinell. Yeah, I'm not sure what this song is called, but I wrote it down as someone. Yeah, it's it's called found on the on, on the soundtrack. It's very good. I yeah. like it a lot. It's very heartwarming. Someday, somewhere somehow you'll love again have you ever noticed that um this movie uses music much more than regular episodes in the show and oh why yeah i think that was i think it's because i think the idea is well music's always been a pretty consistent and strong theme of steven universe and I think the idea was, well, if we're doing the... Well, first of all, I first of all, the idea is if you're doing Steven Universe, the movie, and Steven Universe is known for its music, of course you're going to make it a musical. Um, right. And also, I think the idea was they really wanted to go all out with this, hence mm-hmm. just how many songs there are, and hence sort of the nature of the, the musical Because, again, I, th- I think this is the peak of Steven Universe music. Uh, music, which, for the record, is nothing against the music in future which I also think is very good. It's just, this is like next really level good. stuff. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Um, I think, so there's an old saying and that's, uh, it pertains to like Hollywood musicals. And that's when, uh, when the emotion gets too strong, you sing. And when it's too strong to sing, you dance. Yeah, you know exactly. And it seems like what this movie's going for, I think in a lot of ways is a very sort of heightened emotionality. Um, that takes you through the story um, and yeah. it's very wholesome and it uh, the music really does embody a lot of the themes and the motifs of what's going on it's a lot of friendship yes. uh, themes and a lot of um, discussion about changing as a person redemption well redemption's always been a gigantic theme of steven universe yeah um, and it's interesting to me how they interweave this a lot with the music uh, and i think it's yeah. really impressive the way that they end up doing that uh, I said that I said before that I found some of the music just okay, but I that means I find the songs just okay. I find the way that they're implemented very impressive in the story. Yeah, I would say yeah, and that's to be because to be fair, it is also it's I mean it's not quite sung through in terms of a, a musical, but like yeah, it's not an a, opera, but it's it's, it's, it's close. not an opera or a sung through, but you know there's a lot of music like there's not. Like, it's sort of, it's actually more so than, like, your typical Disney movie, even, where, yeah. like, it feels like, like, it they, they tend to be very one after the other. 
there's there tends to be not that much time in between songs and that is deliberate right because the story flows with the music Disney movies, even the ones with music, are not necessarily musicals. But well, Disney, like a, a quote-unquote Disney musical, is different from like is actually a lot different from. Right. When we talk about Disney musicals, we're usually musical. talking about like stage adaptations of the movies. You know. Well, I, and even in terms of I Disney think... movie musicals, like mm-hmm. uh, the average Disney movie musical is around. Like, at most, like, 8 to 10, something like that? 8 to 10 songs? Yeah. Whereas this is, like, like 20. Like, <laughs> Yeah, it's not just that, but it also uh, is about the amount of time taken up by each song. Yeah. Um, which is much higher, I think, in this movie than in most Disney movies. Yeah. Um, A when lot I of said Disney that, movies um, have fairly lengthy lulls between songs. Mm-hmm. With a Disney musical, I think what happens is that there is long stretches of dialogue and scenes because they also want to put in action and stuff like that. And uh, then there are quartered off sections for the music. What Steven Universe does in this movie is it takes the music and it interweaves it with the action and gives the whole story a sort of flow. The story flows on the tempo and beat of the music and how it changes over time. Yes. If that makes sense. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I would very which much is agree different with that. than a, which is different than a Disney movie musical. Yes, I would. I would very much agree with that, and it's and it's one mm-hmm. of the things I love about this movie. But anyways, so so anyways, back to the plot. So <laughs> I, I know we went off on kind of a long tangent about how this movie uses music, but you know, I think that was I think that was worth going into because it uses oh, yeah. it very well. Um. So th- so they meet back up with. Uh, so, so Stephen takes Spinel back to the beach house, and so, so at first everybody kind of freaks out, <laughs> but except for Cotton Candy Garnet, who is just like, "Oh, Spinel, did you change your hair?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I then, love Cotton Candy Garnet. Um, although I do have to wonder when the hair changes to her regular hair color. Is it just like a gradual <laughs> process? Um, it like could once be they like first when fused. She, when I, I think it's probably an issue of the. I think probably the color change happened upon like them reforming at a certain point. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So, anyways, so then, so, so so then Connie, so then Connie finally comes in because she's been absent for most of the movie while at space camp, and I like how Connie and Lion do the Akira slide. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so so Connie comes in uh, with her sword. Yeah. And I have to wonder what made Connie think there was danger going on. No, because Lion. Uh, well, because um, before Stephen uh, went with Spinel to the garden, he told Lion to go get Connie because they need all hands on deck. Oh, okay, I yeah. understand. Yeah, so mm. yeah, and then Greg walks out of the bathroom, and everyone turns their weapons on him, and he's just like, "All right, all right, I'll wash my hands." And I'm like, "You better, Greg. <laughs> you gotta stop this. Of... We're in the middle of COVID. <laughs> We're in the middle of a pandemic, Greg." I also I do like how. Um, Cartoon Network has actually used that clip for like wash your hands like oh, that's promo great. of like PSAs in the wake of the pandemic, <laughs> which is fitting. <laughs> so Stephen and Spinell become friends, and they go back to Earth. Um, and there's this whole scene where Stephen's trying to introduce Spinell, who's now semi-reformed to the team. Yeah, what well, we just um, talked about that scene. Yes. Yeah. Well, I was. What? Well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's what. That's the scene that just happened. <laughs> yes. Um. 
So that so so they go. Steven explains the situation. Can I go face cam? Wash my hands. Steven, oh yeah, so they go up, bleh. so Steven goes off to deactivate the drill injector yeah, with so, a, Yeah, so he has Spinel, Spinel deactivate the injector, and they're like, oh, finally, you know, we can all, so now all we need are, you know, Garnet's memories and my powers, and then everything can go back to normal, and we can all get back to our happily ever after, and Spinel's like, but what about me, though? You know, yeah, yeah, I don't think issues. Yeah, she starts having a relapse, and... And this isn't helped by the fact that they took her scythe. Yeah, they took the rejuvenator because he couldn't put it in. He couldn't just put it in Lion's mane. Right. I mean, and so she sees the rejuvenator and her thought is, oh, I see what you're going to do. I turn off the injector and then the moment my back is turned, bam, crystal change your problem solved. (laughs) And And Steven's like, no, no, that's that's not true. That's not what's going to happen. So then she reactivates the injector and goes back to the she goes back to fighting fighting steven so like you know i know this is a little twisted but i'm actually kind of flattered that you like the old me innocent loving stupid stupid (laughs) (laughs) yeah and so So, yeah i have a question how does i have a question so steven climbs the drill at like a 90 degree angle how is this possible uh magic Okay, it's magic. So there's a great scene where Steven's trying to talk down Spinel on top of the drill. Okay, well before we get before we get that, so so Steven breaks the so Spinel is is like egging Steven on, like you know you you, you want to attack me, just admit it. And Steven's like, no, that's not the truth. He breaks the scythe, and then Garnet comes back, and this is where true kind of love happens. Mm-hmm. And so true kind of love is great. True kind of love is a very great song. And, and so, and I like how, you know, now that the crystal gems have like regained their capability because before they were kind of rusty and then they had their memories erased, they very easily take on Spinel because we, we forget Spinel was kind of just a toy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and this is because Spinel had like captured Garnet. So Garnet oh. like fights back. Yeah. And then we, yeah, and then I think you alluded to this earlier, but then we get the smooth jazz over the apocalypse. Yeah, yeah. So the injector is flowing molten Pepto Bismol over all over the earth. It's bio poison. We're gonna get we're gonna get comments if we don't point out that it's technically called bio poison. It's it's Pepto Bismol. Pepto Bismol um, is bio poison. Yes, it is. <laughs> Have you ever tried to water your plants with it? Well, no exactly <laughs> so um this is the part where i'm kind of iffy on the usage of the music like i understand that they wanted to keep in the whole song unedited but it seems like uh, the tone of of the action and some of the apocalypse elements doesn't really match the smooth jazz apocalypse i feel like you know? the juxtaposition the juxtaposition might be the point in that like you know yeah the situation is shitty but like they're they're getting it done in a sort of mm-hmm. way, it's kind of empowering in a sense, because there's a lot of scenes of like, like that. Because during the instrumental is where we see the the gems like rescuing people, and right. you know Alexandra shows up, and Connie cuts a car in half with her sword, and it's really badass. Oh. Yeah, I, I just think that the song goes on just maybe a little too long. Like I think you could have edited in some of the middle and shortened it just a tiny bit. Um, um, that's that's a, that's a nitpick. Yeah, that that's. It's, 
I, I, I kind of agree with you, especially because when I listen to the song on, on, on like my iTunes, like for as much as I love it, when it, when it does the instrumental, because it's like a three minute instrumental, I'm like, there are certain points where I'm like, okay, can we get to Steven's part now? Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Steven gets to the top of the drill and Spinell punches Steven in the face. Spinell, this isn't a game. <laughs> and then Steven gets punched in the face. Um, uh, now, I like Steven. I really do <laughs> like Steven as a character, but he is a little overly optimistic and happy at times. So I will say that seeing him get punched in the face is a <laughs> tiny bit of Schadenfreude <laughs> for me. And I think I'm going to hold for that. <laughs> oh my god! Um, um, but yeah, this gets into my other favorite part of this scene is um, so Stephen, uh, you know, they fight, uh, and then he starts singing a song. And well, okay. Well, before Spinell, we get to that, I want no, to talk about. And then Spinell says, "You can't make everything better by singing some stupid song." Okay. Well, before we get to that, I want to talk about the build up because I wa- I I definitely want to talk about change. Um. So okay. I I like Stephen. I like Stephen just. Okay. All right. So okay. So Spinell starts like hanging him over the ledge and it's just like you know now you know i came here to take my anger out on a bunch of strangers but now that i know you i want to kill you even more and even <laughs> it's just it's not even that he is like upset or scared he is just frustrated because like right. he literally doesn't understand because he's going through the entire story of his life because you know, Again. he's dealing with his stuff. His mom mom did that. Had nothing to do with him. A gem he barely knows is trying to kill him. The world's ending. His powers aren't working. The world is ending, and Steven has to learn And Spinell's all like, Spinell's all like, you know, this is where you started the legend, Steven Universe. I'd also like to point out that I love the way Spinell says Steven Universe at the various points in this movie. I think it's very good. Stefan Universe. Steven Universe. You're not about to get one over on me, Steven Universe. <laughs> <laughs> so Steven's song is pretty good. Change okay. is a good Change song. Change um, is the best Steven Universe song ever. I fucking false. love this song so goddamn false. much. I love the build up. My only problem with it is that it's too short. I feel like it ends a little too quickly, which always annoys me because it's so good and I'm like, you just made it a little longer. No, It'd be perfect. The best, um, the best, the best Steven Universe song is "Dripped Away." False. It's this because it is the because change is the emotional climax of the movie because this is where Steven finally yeah. realizes it's what he's been what he's been missing this whole time is that his problem has not been like that he doesn't have a happily ever after. The, his problem is he needs to realize that there isn't a happily ever after and that growth and change are important to him and it's healthy and he needs that to be himself and right. the the rhythm of the song and the instrumentals and the, 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 and zach callison's vocals so fucking good and the animation on their on their fight oh so people and, and it, who know me know that i am indeed a sad boy <laughs> <laughs> and that just means that i like the sad songs more and while I love Steven Universe and I love Steven as a character, I gotta say, Change Your Mind, while it's great and it's a great song, it is a little oppressively change. happy, I think. It's just a tiny <laughs> bit oppressively happy, you know. I it's too happy promise. for me. No, because it's, it's more, I would say, less like 
super in your face happy because that's more happily ever after like that's true i would say the theme is more determined and like empowered because it's all like i can make a promise god he's so empowered i can make a plan. how are you so easily empowered steven <laughs> I can <make> a difference <laughs> i can take a stand i can make an effort if i only yeah, it's understand a, it's a great song but i like the sad da -da. songs more I can make I like <laughs> I like the sad song. This is my favorite Steven Universe song. It's just and it also embodies the themes of the movie and the series perfectly and again that you sort of the epic instrumentals in between the da 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 and the and the shot where he like floats up in the air and the moon is in the background and the It's true. The it bump, is very bump, good. Bump. Everything about it is great. I just prefer Drift Away. I prefer Because I find it more emotionally intense. I think okay, the melody is, is better. Okay, and Drift I just Away does the hit singing you. Also. And yeah, Drift Away does hit you like a truck. And, you know, Sarah Styles is obviously a fantastic singer. Um, you know, my she's favorite on, type she's of art Broadway. is ones. Mm. My favorite type of art is the art that hits me like a truck <laughs> and then leaves me bleeding in the street. And that is my ideal for artistic perfection. Uh, I think you might be a masculine there. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I did. Uh, we do do rocket ship roulette, so maybe. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so what happens next? Okay, so anyways, then we get. Um, Spinel, you can't just make everything better by singing. By some singing some stupid, stupid song. And we and this goes into sort of Spinel's final like monologue, because she yes. has this whole speech about like you know like all that stuff's easy for you to say, but when I change, I change for the worse. You know, I used to be Oof. just not good enough, and now I'm not good at all. And damn, oof. it just hits you, hits your big freaking oof. <laughs> and. Can we get some oofs of, in the chat? Oof, big old oof. oof. And she eventually just sort of has this like breakdown of like, what am I doing? Why do I even want to do this? Like, right. I'm, I'm supposed to be a friend. I just want to be a friend. Like, you see, when when you're oh. when you're when you're damaged, it's very easy to want to like mm. take out your anger on the people that are more well adjusted yeah. than you. And it sort of <laughs> and that's what her, she's been doing. And this moment you know. sort of makes her realize that's not going to fix anything. And exactly. That, you know, she needs to move on. Like, mm -hmm. on. And that's her realizing the importance of change. And then the injector exactly. blows up. <laughs> the injector does blow up because when they were fighting, they kept hitting the jam at the top. Yeah. And that led to the, like an entire power system failure. But thankfully, Steven uh, saves Spinel in like a little blubble, a little blubble, a little bubble thing, yeah. and uh, takes her safely down to the debris. And, and but, then what happens? So Spinel feels really guilty about this because it's like you know what, you know what about the poison? What about the planet? What about your happily ever after? There's no such thing as happily ever after. I'll Except for in the last song where they sing happily ever after. And I'm it's like, you know, that line is, I, I just want to point out that the I'll always have more work to do line is really, really bittersweet now that future is over. Like, yep. Yeah. Well, I mean, that Steven Universe future is about him doing the work and realizing that he has a lot more to do because this movie is yeah. almost a little bit like a soft pilot, I'd say, for the whole miniseries. Kind and of thematically, you know, thematically speaking. Well, it's more like the, the movie slash future are kind of even though look, even though I know by lore, it's era three. 
this is kind of the, the movie slash future are kind of Steven Universe era too, in a lot of ways. Yeah. Well, I don't I don't know anything about the era system. Well, because there was well, okay, well in the lore, era the lore. one is the original diamond rule of blue, yellow, white, and pink. Mm-hmm. Era two is the time between pink's uh, supposed shattering, and uh, them uh, and. Uh, Steven revealing himself as pink, feeling himself quote unquote as pink to the diamonds. And era three is Steven on homeworld through present. Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's, that sounds um, Mm. not overly complicated, but a lot like the star Wars dating system. But anyway, yeah, um, a little bit Um, um, less complicated. So you're saying, well, yeah, it's, it's Um, the movie is sort of like a bridge between the original show and also acts as a bit of a pilot for the miniseries, I think. Yes, I would I, I would agree with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Stephen realizes that he could just make the Earth better by kissing it. Yeah. Stephen is, Amethy- is Jesus. No, because Amethyst is like, too bad you can't do that to the whole planet. Like, maybe I can. Dude, <laughs> I was joking. <laughs> and and so he kisses- just starts kissing the whole planet because he has healing spit and he can do that. Also, so Stephen could end global warming, or he can at least like restore. Well, not necessarily end global warming, but he could at least like heal the damaged environment. Like so, this of course leads us into the darkest moment in all of Stephen Universe is when he's abducted by the government, and his saliva <laughs> is used as a, a special treatment to heal wounded soldiers. We never do, we, ne- we never do find out, man, but this is why we didn't get, this is why there's not, this is why we didn't get Steven Universe Future Season 2. It went too dark. It went too that's, dark. What ha- that's what happens when Steven goes on the road. road. <laughs> the rest of the world is finally aware of Jim's society, and Steven gets abducted by the government. Once oh Steven's saliva started getting used to like bring down <laughs> historical monsters, then it got a little too dark, you know. Wait, but like, do we really need Genghis Khan <laughs> in Steven Universe? But Steven, wait, you know? Steven spit heels. How would how would it bring them down? It would bring them back. Oh, oh God. Oh no. He could bring back the dead, couldn't he? Um. Well, oh, what yes, is the extent the, to no, Steven's yes, spit he can, powers? He can, but they would be pink and then would have a wormhole in their hair. Right. So yeah. he could create a pink <laughs> Genghis Khan with a wormhole in his head. A <laughs> pink Genghis Khan? <laughs> Genghis Khan. Oh, no. Well, that First, we'd have to find his, his, his grave, Okay, of well, this assumes that Genghis Khan exists. Genghis Khan exists in the steven universe universe because steven because steven universe actually has a significantly different alternate timeline right. if you look at like the so, deep lore because like world war ii just didn't happen apparently so and then uh, steven universe steven is 30 of course yeah. and he opens up his own business which is bringing back your loved ones from the dead he's like no resurrect your dead oh no resurrect your dead i'll kiss your dead people Oh my god. So anyways, I'm just saying he could make a killing with this power. That's true, but I I think I feel like Steven And I didn't mean to say killing, but that is a good pun considering the discussion. I feel like Steven knows not to play god. <laughs> hmm. Maybe maybe he just wants to try it a little bit. 
Hmm. Okay. What if this is like uh, the 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 second half of the never ending story novel, <laughs> oh where the kid god. turns into a giant dictator? Oh my god! <laughs> Stephen oh ends my. up becoming too much like his mother, and there's a fall from grace, like Dune Messiah. Oh no! Well, I mean that's, I mean that was sort of, I mean that was sort of what happened at the end of Future. <laughs> well, kind of, yeah. Yeah, but anyways. So back these, to the... these were our incredibly dark and <laughs> this is my incredibly dark and stupid ideas for uh, HBO, Steven Universe. HBO Max call us. <laughs> HBO Steven Universe. Well, HBO, the darkest, well, well, the darkest H- timeline. HBO Max is where it would definitely end up at this point. Like, anyways, what anyways, happens next, Chris? So anyways, so then the diamonds show up again and they're all like, we've come to Earth to live with you. <laughs> <laughs> and oh and this is where we get probably so so they see the wreckage and they're like you know has your planet always been this destroyed, destroyed? not that we're judging of course oh no <laughs> because judging anything based on appearance, appearance is wrong, is wrong. <laughs> and, and then cuts steven, to steven with just this steven exasperated look on his face. face i love that face so much i use that as a reaction image all the damn time. It's so good. <laughs> so Spinel comes out and is like, my diamonds. My diamonds. And she does as the diamond salute with her stretchy arms. And but I love. Does it like twice as much as usual. Yeah. As humanly possible. And I also. Because she's love... stretchy. Yeah. I love. So, so Spinel's so like, oh, it was only 6,000 years. I can do that standing on my head. And, and then one of the diamond says. And Yellow Diamond thinks so... this is extremely funny. <laughs> She's like, that's true. That well, is a short nothing. amount of time. And that goofy headstand. <laughs> I like this, Jim. So the diamonds take Spinel back to Homeworld because they're yeah. going to be her friends now. And we get um, a little reprise of Let Us Adore You blended with Found, which is very nice. You know, yes. getting the diamond harmonies combined with Spinel's vocals. Very cool. And then we end the movie and ends Spinell with Here We Are in the Future reprise. Well, well, because we get the the finale, which Reprieve. blends elements of Happily Ever After, Change, and also mm-hmm. its own melodies. And it's a yes. It closes out very strong, and I wrong. And I, everyone just goes hard on a lot of these notes. And I like yeah. especially like Dido Didi Magno Hall. Like the come so far, like damn, Dee, yeah. you get it. Like, um, I'd like to point out that at the end, with here we are in the future, when they sing it again, Lars sings it also. Yes, Lars is there. Um, and he sings it, so that means he has more than one line in this show. In the movie. In the movie, yes, he yeah. has more than one line in the movie. Yeah. I will not handle this Lars erasure. <laughs> And that's the end of the movie. So, Chris, well, what did you okay. think of Steven well, also, Universe, the movie? Okay, well, before I get to my final thoughts, I also like when the movie okay. ends, they go into that stage and they have all the Broadway outfits and the, the stage aesthetic, bringing it back full circle with the curtain that was at the beginning of the movie. Magnificent. With the Temple of Doom. <laughs> and it's very, I love all their, their Broadway outfits. They're very good. But anyways, yeah, final thoughts. Um, this is one of my favorite movies of all time. I love this movie. I think it is a perfect encapsulation of what makes the, of what I think makes and has made the show so special while also being just a great story in its own way. And it uses music really well, as you mentioned, how it blends it with the narrative and the action. And, you know, I love Spinell. She's one of my 
favorite Steven Universe characters, period. And all the voice actors obviously do a phenomenal job. And the animation is gorgeous. Like, oh my god, the animation in this movie. Like, Steven Universe already has some, like, pretty good animation for a TV budget. But, like, this, like, the, the, like, the facial usually. expressions. Uh, usually. Yes. Um, yeah. But, like, you know... And, but, like, the way they do, like, certain, like, subtle facial expressions or bigger facial expressions or spinel stretching or, like, the, the background art and, or, like, yeah. certain, the fluidity of movement and the shading, the fucking shading. They actually have the budget for shading this time, and it's fucking <laughs> beautiful. I love it so much. <laughs> I'd say um, where this ranks on, like, my Steven Universe loveness is I'd say I like it a lot but i think i like it a little bit less than change your mind mm. if i'm being honest mm. i think it's I, great i think it's a, a wonderful movie and i think it's a really great lead-in to uh, steven universe future um however i think uh, also that uh spinel i think um i think the plot with spinel could have been maybe connected to the diamonds maybe a little bit more because the whole thing is much more of a, it's the whole thing is very self-contained if you yes it doesn't really lead into the story that happened before. Mm. I mean, it kind of does, but it's not really about the whole gem human conflict. And it doesn't I feel really like lead into the story. I feel like that's oh, kind of the point, though. It's meant oh, to be you're, more you're of right. a, a standalone story. All right. Yeah. Let me restate. So <laughs> I think Steven Universe movie is great. However, I think that Change Your Mind is a little bit better. Um, the music is great. Um, the acting and the voice acting is fantastic. And I really love the way that they use music throughout the, the movie. However, I think that um, some of the editing choices, like some of the songs go on a little bit long. And I also think that some of the characters may have been underutilized, like the town That's... characters, the townies. <sighs> what would you have them Look. even do? Like, what would well, what is fucking, b- b- do, fucking like Citizen Dewey going to do? <laughs> Citizen Dewey could, uh, you know, besides could give get them, all, besides give he them could free get a fundraiser together to fix. He could fix uh, the whole town. This is my kind of problem with <laughs> Steven Universe as a whole is that as it went on the the one half of the show, which at first was very important, the town side becomes significantly less important when compared to the gem stuff. And I wish it was better integrated. But that's more of a problem I have with the whole series than necessarily just this movie. Um, I think Lars could have done some things with the off-world gems. <laughs> okay, that would have been great if I, I they integrated dis- them. Okay, that is... All right, I will agree with you there in that I feel like... But that's less a criticism I have of the movie and more just post-change-your-mind Steven Universe re- gave the off-colors the shaft. <laughs> like, right. Yeah, which um, I, I, I will admit, I wish they had used them more because, because post-change-your-mind, none of them even have a line. <laughs> like, right. Yeah. Um, and also, Lars is a space pirate. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure he would have found something to do. That, it's I just su- the economy of, the economy of how characters are used in Steven Universe is a little weird to me. Um, hmm. But yeah, other than that, I think it's a great movie, and it's definitely one of the best animated Cartoon Network movies, probably the best I've ever seen. Okay, it's... I, ever? I, I would say it's, like, easily, like, of the Cartoon Network original animated movies, it's, like... I would say probably very easily the best. Like there's some, there's some, I mean, there are some good ones. Like I like Ed, Ed and Eddie's big picture show quite a bit. And I actually haven't seen that many. So I'm just, well, I'm, I'm just, well, I'm thinking of the ones I've seen and, you know, like mm-hmm. Ed, Ed and Eddie had a really good finale with the big picture show movie. 
and I like Ben 10 Secret of the Omnitrix because I'm a fanboy for that show because that show was my fucking childhood. Um, um, yeah, I'd say that it's one of the best animated films that came out that year. Oh, also. yeah, I would say, yeah, best animated movie of 2019. Mm-hmm. So, sorry, Toy Story 4 and Frozen 2. Okay, so we ran into some slight technical difficulties. This was originally going to be uh, one episode where we t- talked about Steven Universe, the movie, and Hamilton, as we mentioned at the top. Um, we got through about almost two hours of Hamilton. We were near the end, and then Brian's computer froze. The recording auto-saved at a bad, at like pretty far back. So this is going to be the end of this episode, and then we will release the Hamilton part as a bonus episode, as as some as a semi-bonus episode. I think I'll still like count it as a main one. Um, at early next week while still doing Rocket Ship Roulette on our usual time. Sorry about that, everybody. Um, but I do hope you enjoyed the, the Steven Universe, the movie portion. In the meantime, this is Hipster and the Nerd. We do this every week. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, basically wherever you get your podcasts. Please leave us a good review. Tell your friends. Spread the word on social media. Hashtag Hipster and the Nerd. Help, help us grow the show. I would very mu- We would very much appreciate that. I am Chris Hanna. You can find me at MegaNerd98 on Twitter and Letterboxd. And Brian, where can they find you? They can find me in the editing room attempting to Frankenstein some stuff together. (laughs) And they can also find me at Twitter at Brian Brecker. All right. So thank you, everyone, for listening. We will see you next time with actually Hamilton. Mm, Bye-bye. See you then.